0: Hi, and welcome to our seventh podcast of Keen Minds, in which we follow NBC's The Blacklist and we analyze it from the point of view of the Keens. I am Tessa, and I have a Criminally Sane, my blog at Tumblr.
1: And I am Jen, aka Takata Sayako, over on Tumblr.
0: And let's jump right in into our episode. All right. I'm so excited about this one. There is so much to talk about. There really is.
1: It's been an interesting. If anybody follows my Tumblr blog, they've seen me uh, get a little feisty the last few days after the episode. And
0: um, it's... I'm super excited as a as a keen two fan, and as a keen fan, I, I'm you know to me the, the, this just keeps getting better. Every time I think it can't get any better, it does. Exactly. So I, I feel like the people that
1: the people that have been banking on their their impending breakout, quote unquote, may be a little disappointed by the time redemption comes around.
0: I think so. I think that by now it's clear that where they're going. It's uh it's uh you know, there is no such breakup and it makes sense because it's a great way of dealing with having a baby on the series without having a baby on the set. Because whatever we see in Redemption or Blacklist, the baby will be with the other parent.
1: Absolutely, and you don't have to worry about who is watching this child, like we've wondered for the last three seasons where on earth Hudson is. (laughs)
0: hopefully hudson will have uh i always said they should have just said that hudson was a uh rescue dog and they were just fostering him and they finally found him a great home but apparently hudson is also a spy dog so he can't take care of himself and and maybe he's the one who find kate kaplan Ah, who knows there you go
1: rescue kate find hudson there we go all right well (laughs) let's dive into the character development let's Samar and Wrestler had a great episode this episode, and I feel like their partnership for me personally, when Liz went on the run and Samar and Wrestler focused in on, when they focused in on the Samar and Wrestler partnership, I think combined with the whole fact that they, you know, had their, their fleeing, their one night stand, and then Wrestler fired her and all of that, it just made their partnership very tense. And very awkward in many ways. And this season, it's really come around, and they've really had each other's backs in a very solid way. And I think this episode has just been
0: a continuation of that. It's been a continuation. It was terrific. It's. I also found that even even individually, not just as a partnership of Samara and Wrestler, I think that that this has become like all these problems they had, you know. in a way, um, Aram lost his innocence. Uh, we had Samar and Wrestler saving Aram, which is something that they never have happened. It's some is always Wrestler and uh, Aram figuring out how to save the other two, not the other way. Um, and they had that that little weird moment, Samar and Aram, and now they seem like they they are everybody's at the top of their game. I was very impressed with Wrestler.
1: Oh, it's kind of like breaking a bone you break it and it grows back stronger and so I feel like that's where this team's gotten and they'll, they'll come around they, they seem to be better with Liz I think we'll find out more about that come 4B when she's not freaking out over her child being gone and is Alexander Kirk her father she's got so many personal emotional yeah. issues right now that focusing on where she is with her team that's going to come in 4B I really think and, and I'm, I'm I think interested it, to see how they focus in on that
0: all, all the other things that they have found out about Liz, I think that even if before they were, like Samar was a little pissed with, with Liz about why are you doing this, why are you doing the other thing, now it is, I think that they have understood the level the, the stakes at which Liz is playing. I mean, her her wanting to get away, her faking her death, they're not talking about just, you know, a childish thing of I just want to be on my picket fence house. They, I think, have begun to understand that the players that are in this game are deadly. They're determined and there are secrets that even Liz doesn't have. So I think that that has made a difference in both their understanding of, of where this Tom, Tom and Liz coming from and what they're trying to do.
1: I agree. I definitely agree. And so it's, it's great to see those partnerships solidifying again and working as well as they are. It was uh, something interesting that um, actually came over from, if anybody's on Tumblr and follows the, uh, the RP team over there, it came from a thread from the uh, wrestler and Samar Arpiers, so hat tip to them. But they um, they found an interesting parallel.
0: <laughs> Make that a fedora tip.
1: <laughs> Say what?
0: Make that a fedora tip.
1: There we go. <laughs> fedora hat tip <tipped. laughs> to, to the wrestler and Samar Arpiers. There you go. Um, but they, they made an interesting parallel during one of their threads back and forth. Um, likening the fact that uh, when Samar was attacked on the boat, the guy had had a knife to her throat and you know was trying to slit her throat there and wrestler came at the guy really hard. I mean he, he was very protective of Samar in that case and the, the parallel that they made there was with Mira in season one, the fact that she died getting her throat slit and then that was wrestler's mm-hmm. partner and then you've got Samar nearly in the same situation and wrestler's right there to back her up and is able yeah. to stop the situation.
0: It's uh, really also- interesting. Yeah, I also found very interesting in, in, that, in that whole Mira mirror, uh, mirroring situation, how, that, uh, how different wrestler focus was on that moment. Because I remember when there was the, the club thing, wrestler was all about finding this guy and finding this guy and controlling this guy. And Mira was, was out there doing her own thing too. And how that could have got both of them killed because of the ass, assassin could have just killed Mira, and if Liz hadn't arrived, he could have just gone right after And Ressler. Ressler was so focused on the Russian, he wasn't seeing the assassin next to him or back with his, having the back to the assassin. Okay. So I think that this was a very nice contrast on how now it was, you know, they were working so much better together. They were just um, covering each other's back and, and that was the first priority. On both of
1: them, I I definitely agree. Uh, something something funny uh, to to note on because I've seen it around the internet and I certainly got a kick out of it.
0: Mini the wrestler,
1: min, the mini wrestler.
0: <laughs> I love him, and I love the look that that uh, that wrestler gave
1: him. Oh, I know it's like looking into a mirror some you know thirty years earlier.
0: 25 ghost. years earlier <laughs> you know this is like remember that Ressa was seeing also the, the ghost of the of the gnome in the previous <gasps> one you know <laughs> he's seeing he looks at it and now he's seeing like a mini him like you know going at the rules on the whole thing i, I was i thought it was hilarious because of they're starting to introduce this this little jokes and, and I, I, it was it was great it was and I thought I was very impressed with wrestler himself as to his he's getting those uh, wonderful um, investigative capacities that he has and really starting to understand how red works and and immediately going to okay we got to find this woman because whatever red red is giving his this for it's not for what we think it is yeah i, I thought that that was you know he was really at the top of his game in here yeah
1: he's, that's the he's rest, been excellent right? this season uh D- yeah. diego's been great with the acting and wrestler has been just phenomenal uh in in his position that he's at I I'm really happy that they didn't try to keep him in Cooper's position somehow that he was okay with and and chose to step down because I really do think that he works a lot better and he got a different point of view going at things from Cooper's point of view and he made the Mm -hmm. comment in season three that he didn't realize how difficult that would be making those hard calls so now he's he's approaching his own Spot on the team from that position of I understand what it's like to make those tough calls And also he's he's in the place. He's most comfortable. And so I think it's he's really growing there
0: And I also noticed in the previous episode that wrestler was really living in a different place that he was when When uh, Audrey got killed
1: it does look ah. that way. Yeah, it looks more like a, um, more a, like loft. a loft versus mm-hmm. an apartment exactly
0: and I, I thought that there was a very interesting move to, to, to show us rather than tell us, oh, I moved on from Audrey. Um, it, it shows him finishing a process that he undertook of mourning that loss and moving on. And I think moving on from the apartment is one of those things that people do because it was there that he was with her and it made perfect sense to me in the new apartment the other one was very traditional very um colorless uh, very um it had very little personality he had his personal things but as the apartment itself had very little personality and i think that this new um loft with all that light um a strong character as much as we saw was excellent in in showing the character Making a leap in in terms of growth,
1: I agree. I agree. I, I thought it was uh, I, I do want to know where these people find the money as federal agents <laughs> for these really nice apartments. You have wrestler with a super nice loft. Samars, as far as you could tell, was very nice. Uh, Tom and Liz in season one lived in that really nice townhouse with, you know, a federal agent and a school teacher's income.
0: Well, I suspect that uh, that Sam may have helped her, and really wasn't Sam. It was it was Red.
1: Oh, that's fair, but I I do think that uh, a lot of it is this is television. Don't ask these things, <laughs>
0: but yeah, well, I find you it can't irritating. film in a tiny space. So there you yeah. go. Exactly. They're all big and they're gorgeous. Don't think that we guys in New York live like that. <laughs> especially when you're living in the city. Don't. It's not.
1: Well, they're supposed to be in D.C.
0: Yeah, but filmed in New York City. So yeah, they're not like that. Just a little sad sign, like like uh, um, who was who? Would that what that uh, phrase uh, make them unaffordable, um, unlivable, as well as an unaffo- Oh, when the, the the explosion, the nuclear explosion, and they plant up the Hudson, make the the New York unlivable instead of merely unaffordable. No, <laughs> that was a great uh, phrase. I I saw so th- there really was a, a wonderful episode in terms of of the. The, some are working with 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 Aram. Some are working with Wrestler, and also a great take on how many partners have really Wrestler lost, as you were saying before.
1: Yeah, he. I mean, he really has, if you think about it, because Jonica uh, that we saw in season one who was his partner that I believe he had retired after the, the Reddington task force. Yeah,
0: I, th- I suspect he was the, the leading agent because it was when he retired, wrestler became the case agent.
1: Exactly. And so you've got Jonica who betrayed him and and ended up committing suicide. Then you have Mira, who got her throat slit oh, at the wait, end of season wait. one.
0: Michael Tanira also killed his two former partners. Oh, that's true. Uh, agent Maguire and Agent Raimo
1: Exactly. Yes, and so we've got one committed suicide, two killed by Tanita. Uh, then Mira killed by Berlin's people, or fake Berlin's people, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Liz going on the run. I just, I mean, if Samar had <laughs> left, this poor guy's gonna start getting a complex with his
0: his like, uh, uh, partners. Or either you end up gone, or a criminal, or or framed, or dead. <laughs> Or rest. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: sad thing is it has nothing to do with him he just has a really run of bad luck with partners when you put it in that perspective
0: well, that, I think that that is an interesting thing, and I remember uh, at some point there was some uh, talk, and I think it was Buckingham in an interview, uh, the Blacklicks expose, and I and I recommend everybody goes and, and watch those or listen to those again, you know, like every season, because you find those little things that that pop up in there, then they don't mean a lot in the time, but when you go back, you realize ah, so that's what he was saying. Uh, And he mentions how everybody who's in the task force has a link to red, even if we don't know it does. So they do, they know that there is some way where they're all related. And I think the wrestler being put in that, in that place has more to it than it looks it wasn't just like, hey, yeah, he was a great agent. He was very smart and, and, and very straight, so we put him in the Reddington task force. I think that his being on the Reddington task force has a meaning.
1: Oh, I agree. I think that Red was very careful when he set up this task force that he was going to work with. I think for the most part, obviously he said, I'll speak to no one but Elizabeth Keane but I think he, he was able to set up... With uh, with wrestler coming in, he was obviously looking for Cooper, because as soon mm-hmm. as Cooper came in, he knew who it was, and he knew Wrestler yeah. was there. I don't know about Mira. I feel like Mira might have been the uh, the uh, wild I... card for him. I think he got he was well. Mira more was fond of her put there
0: by, by Diane Fowler, mm-hmm. which means that even if if Mira didn't know that she was being put there as a spy. Maybe she was just put there and and she was expected to report just because she was a CIA agent. I don't know that it worked so well if Mira's loyalties became to the team or they were always to the team instead of Diane Fowler. But I found curious that that she was CIA, that whenever uh, they found the contacts, uh, the information about... um, about the the informants came from the CIA came the to grab to grab a red when the Ansel Garrick incursion happened it was a CIA it was an information disseminated through her that that was one of her leads so I don't I am never being thoroughly and completely sure that Mira was on the. On the clear as regards of not being really a plant never been a hundred percent i'm not sure that she's not but i'm not sure that she isn't
1: yeah but regardless overall when it comes to to cooper liz wrestler and then cooper i believe brought a rom in specifically so yes. probably a rom as well red had his hands in in hand this team he he Set that up pretty well, and I mean yeah. that's what he does. He he sets the chessboard up and then he plays.
0: Exactly, and, and so- I think that that uh, that uh, I've been saying it for a long time that that um that rest, that wrestler was there because wrestler was a, a way for Red even before he surrendered to start throwing criminals his way, so they would arrest them as you know collateral damage from from looking for Red, like Tanita was in the way Tanid is described, but I do think that there is something in going on there about that. Well, getting back to, to Wrestler and his partners, I mean, the man gotta be like I gotta just make a better effort at, at keeping everybody safe. And he's a he's a responsible guy. He's, I thought this this episode is really shining a great light on, on wrestler. He turned the page. I think that that he dealt with his demons demons about the death of Audrey, about Liz being on the run, I think that knowing, understanding that Liz was trying to get away from Brett was the turning point for him. And he's now, you know, he, he got a taste of what it was to be in the shoes of Cooper, and he knows it's not easy.
1: Exactly, exactly. And um, if we want to segue into Cooper, uh, Cooper and Liz had some very in- interesting moments uh, this they episode. They did. And so the first one was Cooper saying, you know, well, you can go talk to him. You know, he's your father. That's that's big, basically. You know, and and giving her the, the go-ahead to go talk to Kirk. And then again, they had the conversation in the hospital when she was trying to decide if she was going to be his donor or not. And it kind of reminded me of the conversation that she had with... with uh, she, she keeps going to him. She did it before the wedding when Red dropped the you know, came in and said, you know, you can't marry this man. He hasn't changed, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And Liz was very torn. And she went to Cooper and asked his advice. And Cooper sat down with her and said, well, you already know. You know this man. And that's, you know, taking that risk is something you that, that you're choosing. And here I thought it was really interesting because I've really been wondering how Cooper is feeling during all of this. Mm-hmm. And I really do think that he understands what's going on. It was interesting that his statement was, and this isn't going to be verbatim, but basically he said, well, this man's hurt the two people that Tom cares about most in the world. Of course Tom's not going to want to help him in any way, shape, or form. And it, it made total sense, but Cooper also understood where Liz was coming from. I thought he was just fantastic for her to be that sounding board that that support that she needed right then because I mean Tom's pretty close in Liz and Tom are both very close in to the situation to be able to see it objectively mm-hmm. and Cooper is that you know not, not uninterested third party but at least is back a ways to be able to provide that objective point of view and I just, the fact that Liz was able to go to him and the fact that he was willing to talk to her and to walk with her and walk and talk with her and, and have that conversation shows that they are at least moving back towards a better spot and mm-hmm. more, more what they were in 3B. I,
0: and I also think that, that Cooper may have some information that we are not aware of, um, that she he's pushing Liz to talk to to uh to Kirk while Kirk is in a um, a situation in which he basically can go anywhere I mean he can deny talking to her but but by Cooper but also, I gotta say Harry Lennox shine in that scene he was terrific in that scene with with Liz uh, especially the the second one when he's talking to her in the hospital he was I th- thought it was a very very moving. Um, and deep scene Short. He's such, a, he's
1: such a calming presence he really mm-hmm. is
0: uh how about we do you want to go into tom and this
1: yeah i think that's going to be a fair fair size section here because uh like i said i i've commented quite a bit online and i can try to remember to go back and reblog and such over to uh to the key mm-hmm. minds tumblr and facebook and etc cetera, etc cetera. but um let's jump into that first point that (laughs) i swear i've joked with a couple people if i hear retcon one more time (laughs) i'm gonna lose it
0: (laughs) yeah because i'm sorry
1: you've got to take a second with these characters these writers one are not stupid two are incredibly talented they have not given us flat characters they've given us multi-layered characters with deep emotional situations, and a lot of them have deep emotional scarring. Tom Keene was raised as Jacob Phelps, lost in the foster system, bounced around, never stayed in one place very long, and the first time he ever felt loved by anybody when he was, I think, 28, 29 years old? That is not normal. That is not emotionally healthy for someone to be in that situation. So even hearing Scotty say my son was taken from me that's not a switch you can just flip and he has no real reason to trust her on that story he has not built trust with her he does not know anything really about her except for the fact that he had to work with her to try to bring Kirk to heal.
0: and may he- if I may in, in put something in here also that contradicts what Red says and however you know I think that if he has to to choose at this point between trusting her and trusting red, I think he will go for trusting the evil he knows.
1: I, I thoroughly agree with that. At least he knows he has experience with red. He does yes. not have a great then, deal of experience with Sony. And
0: and, uh, and and just you know that the, there is you you're gonna give your the, the perspective of the character development and why you think it's not a retcon. And and then I will give my version of why it's not a retcon because of, of Canon. Again, nothing to do with being a redcon again, nothing. This is this is being set up there like that for a reason.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's coming from Tom. This is how he's felt for twenty eight years of his life. He believes that he was abandoned as a child. That that is something that is I mean, he was taken at three years old. That is for, for that to be your truth growing up, and it's probably something that he had to wear as an armor to, to really get through the experiences that he lived. He couldn't sit there and and say, you know, woe well, is me, maybe my mother's coming for me. He, he had to survive his experience. Liz had Sam. She had stability. And so when she looks at things, she she can come at it from that stability of being raised by a man that loved her. Tom doesn't have that at all. And so he's coming from it with a truth that he has accepted for many, many years within himself. That he was abandoned, that nobody loved him as a child. And that's that's not something that's just gonna flip because some random woman that may or may not have given birth to him said, "Oh, my child was taken from me."
0: Yeah, especially when after that comes Red and tells you and tells him, "Do not reveal your identity because if uh, because uh, Scotty has secrets and some of them concern you." Think about it. Should just that be the the, the reason? That, you know, let's say there he was, some person took him from that bedroom that night when Scotty and Howard were drunk and had a big fight, and uh, he found himself somehow in the foster system. If that were just the, uh, the case, there would be absolutely no reason for Red to tell Scotty, hey, by the way, um, this is your son and tell red then tom hey go tell your mom that you're your mom she can do a, a, a dna test i'm sure she kept a lock of hair or something from uh, from christopher so w- there got to be a reason why red is cautioning tom not to reveal that identity so that sanitized version of oh, my child was taking and we look for him and he was just gone and i've been waiting for the for last 28 years that he will be there when i walk into a room that's a sanitized version the, the real truth of that is going to be murkier and messier. Oh, absolutely. And probably not as kind to someone.
1: And it's coming from Scotty's point of view. Everyone is a little nicer about themselves, especially with nearly 30 years in between. She's, mm-hmm. She has managed to, whether she knows she's done it or not, it could be subconscious, it could be conscious, but she would have pushed, you know, my perfect little baby boy... Mm, you know, maybe, maybe not, but she only focuses on the best and the brightest of those, you know, three years she had with her child,
0: which Mm -hmm. could be
1: the way she coped, or, you know, you don't know, because we just don't know enough about Scotty,
0: but... Yeah, we have no idea what the circumstances were. These people were spies, too. Uh, We've seen other children of spies having not such a good time, so I wouldn't be surprised if Scotty was the one who, who created a fake abduction to make a point with Howard and it went wrong and the child got missing and she's carrying that thing with her and you know, thinking is if he remembers me that gets me in trouble. Or maybe it was Howard the one who did and if Scotty finds out she will kill Howard. Or it may be that he was taking and she refused to do whatever they wanted to her to do to get her child back. Yeah, I mean, it, we, it have no idea. Yeah, we have no It could be a million things. We have no idea. It, and exactly, I mean, how you—you're not going to say it's a recon just because oh, it doesn't fit what what um, what Scotty told him. Well, Scotty can lie. In yeah. fact, she lies pretty well.
1: Yeah, I just—I kept seeing retcon, retcon, retcon Friday morning
0: all day. And long. he's lying. He's such a liar. Oh. He's like—he's like—he's oh, a Kim Peaty fest. It's like. <gasps> Not really, people. You gotta look a little deeper.
1: Just, just pull up those layers. That's all I'm asking. Pull up a couple layers. Think about it a little bit, and try not to let yourself get. In and the way you can it. go
0: from character development, or you can go from main theory. Like I said, things have to make sense.
1: Exactly. And so that also kind of segues into the differences between Liz and Tom's reaction to Liz wanting to save Kirk. Mm-hmm. I mentioned a couple minutes ago that that Liz is coming from, and I think I've mentioned it on previous podcasts as well. Liz is coming from a while. Well, she's had a lot of trauma in her background. There's no questioning that. She was mm-hmm. at, she at least had some years with Sam that allowed for a more stable, solid launching point for her. Yes. And so when she was a little girl and the nightmares came, Sam was there to come into her room and hold Sing her... Sing
0: the and... song, hum the song, and, and tell her everything was going to be okay. Exactly. She Tom done. had
1: nobody. And so they're, they're coming at this from very different points of view. Of, And so I, I don't What see... it is to
0: be safe, and, and what can you do? Because first, what Tom has to say, well, I, I actually saved the, uh, the Major's life in, in uh, Cape Town, and yet he was going to kill me twice.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and he so to, to Tom, he's sitting there and he sees this man who did not raise Liz, who Liz, the only connection Liz has with him is a blood tie, potentially, that they think at the time. And yet this man, who is a stranger, as he pointed, kidnapped their child, attacked their wedding, or attacked their wedding, kidnapped their child, and threatened to throw Agnes from a rooftop
0: And he's leaving everything that he had done to him. That for him, obviously, is not that important.
1: No, it's maybe he's used
0: to. It's the (laughs) the child. What he did to Liz and what he did to Agnes is what really bothers Tom.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's because they are what they are important to him. I, and I I can, you just feel his frustration, and it's frustrating. And even Cooper
0: is is partaking of the same exact opinion. Uh He's saying when Liz saying that that, uh, Red wants to kill him, Liz saying, uh, Cooper asks Liz to have a problem with that. Because, I mean, uh, at this point, I think uh, Cooper is a get rid of the guy. I mean, he wouldn't, uh, it it make it sound like he wouldn't, he doesn't understand why Liz even want to save him. He's going to spend the rest of his life in prison where he deserves to be. And you are trying to save his life? Why?
1: Well, I mean, if you think about it, from the points of view that you're coming from with people like Tom, the threat's not really nullified until, until it's fully nullified, which means he's either locked away in a deep, dark hole somewhere or death nullifies that pretty well.
0: I would say that only that even death, because uh, people like Kirk, he knows very well, they got resources. they can they can spring out of yeah. almost every situation, manipulate situations into into getting out
1: so while well, Tom's not going to go put a pillow over this man's head because he sees, you know he sees the man as his wife's father. But if he's going to die of his own illness, he doesn't see the point in why you should risk anything to save him. And, He's much less freaked out when Liz says there's no risk to me. As long as yes. there's no risk to Liz, he's like, "Okay, go for it. You know, do what you need to do, but just don't let it be a risk to you."
0: Yes, that is a very good point. That is a very good point. But I also make the point that when he when they find out that he's not Liz's father, um, he tells he tells Liz that. Kirk is not walking out of there alive. I think that he was fully prepared to go kill Kirk to neutralize the risk. Because, as you put it, he's only neutralized when he's dead.
1: I don't... I I think it was just that... I I didn't get that. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. But I didn't get that watching the scene. I got that his last hope died when Liz could not be a donor. That was his last hope. And that he was never going to make it out because... Tom was standing there when the doctor was speaking to them and mm. said that she expected, you know, intracranial re- bleeding within hours.
0: Yeah, and the patient will be dead by morning.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Mm, I don't know. I-, I kept hearing a threat.
1: And there might um... have been. There might have been. I'm not negating that by any stretch. It's just mm. reading the scene differently.
0: Um. There was there was a very interesting um, dynamic between between Red between Liz and Tom in that in that scene um, in those scenes in the hospital. How that he is like almost sick with worried, and, and you can see how his face is like he's making all this great little adjustment in the fear and the and the complete. Not understanding how Liz can let the his her search for the past be so important as to jeopardize um, the need, you know, their future. And how on earth is she even like staying away from their child uh, to go find answers from this guy?
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. His his little comment about oh, you know, she she misses you. I thought you were going to be home earlier you know it's things like that and
0: she was out all night with him because he says she says you she waited for you last night yeah
1: yeah and so i do i think that tom is very distraught about that his focus is their their present and their future and so agnes is there then and now and they had fought so hard for her and it's like once the fight's done Liz is on to the next thing and Tom's like, no, no, no. <laughs> She's right here, <laughs> you know, come back. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it's it, you. Yes, I, I thoroughly agree with you. I think you hit the, the nail on the head there with the little adjustments that Ryan makes. It's in it, and, and I know that there are a lot of writers within the blacklist community. So it's probably not something that's, you know, I'm just repeating what a lot of people already know. But in writing, there's a huge push to show rather than tell. You know, express the emotions rather than say, oh, he was worried, he was anxious. You express it in the small details. And Ryan is so fantastic at doing that. He doesn't have to go on this long monologue about, I'm just so worried. Here are all the reasons why I'm worried. You know, let me tell you how worried I am every five seconds that I'm on screen. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to say a word. It's within every step, every swallowed word, every small yeah. even, twitch.
0: Even the fact that he leaves Agnes and goes to be with Liz when he hears about this, the idea that he might, she may end up being a donor. And she says, no, 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 she's not a patient. And this is he's a patient. And you see his face like, what? You know, there she is making decisions that may affect us. In our child without even hearing my opinion. And he's fine with it. I think that that both Red and Tom know that Liz will do whatever Liz will think she she has to do.
1: Yeah. And it's not that he threw a fit over anything. And I, I saw someone make the comment that he made her feel guilty over it. I really don't think that's the case. I don't think he was striving to make her feel guilty. He was just being very open with her about his personal feelings which he had every right to do whether i mean yes this is the man that she believed was her father but because she married tom and tom is the father of her child and you know that they are co-parents together it also involves him as well you know and so to just to ask him about the his opinion and then not bother to say by the way, I'm still going to do this. I've weighed the thoughts and I still think, I, I feel like I have to do this. She just does it. And it's very Liz. And I i completely understand her, that, you know, things were happening so fast that she she felt like she had to make that decision. But it was also more convenient because Tom couldn't talk her out of it.
0: Yeah, well, Tom, I don't think that, anybody who knows Liz, I think just the idea that you can talk, look at what Red is doing. Red now... Tells her you're going to help him escape. In the meantime, he's just doing his plan for what he does. Exactly. So shes he's not sitting there waiting. Oh, let's see if if she's going to help him. He knows likely if she gets a chance, she will. In
1: some she way, will. shape, or form. And and also that Kirk is willing to manipulate that. There was a point in there that Liz said, you know, I'm doing it because you didn't ask. And all I could think was he yep, doesn't he have should. to because that's, he... He's he's been manipulating you.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, I agree. There, there is there is something very interesting happening in in that thing, and and I got some wild theories about Rostov really wanting to be in that box, to be captured, and to be put in that situation. Because if you think about it, we hear nothing about him and Odette talking about how they're going to get him out of the hospital. The, he knows that there is a plan. He knows what the symbol, what the signal is. He knows all of this. And I think that all of this was his last chance to get Liz to give him the donation.
1: To look like the martyr.
0: Yes. And that was like, that was what he was trying to do. And since it didn't work, because the moment that they had that hus- that hospital flooded with the fake bus accident, that was just his way of getting his people in the hospital all ready to go. So that means that by the time he was, He was in the box. They already knew. They had that on set, ready to go. So that whole thing was a plan. He wasn't taken uh, with the baby after coming back from the ledge as a, you know, oh, oh, great work. You know, you got him out of the ledge. I think that he may have never intended to do that. He may have simply been pushing Liz to those points. Even if there were some emotional, real, true things going on in that scene, that it's how those people undercover pull it off by putting as much real thing as they can
1: yeah i definitely yep. agree i think he's been manipulating from well honestly since the get go with her i think it's yes. been one big i mean and it doesn't mean that he doesn't believe that he's her father he may
0: oh yeah like, i think he did believe that but
1: yeah. but i do think it's been a manipulation to save his life and so uh, real fast before we switch over into Liz and Kirk, because we've gone a lot into mm-hmm. that. But uh, there was one more point I wanted to make with Tom. It was um, it was the, the comment that he made. That, as far as I've seen, there hasn't been just a great deal of chatter about it online. I, I may have missed it. But it was the line that said, um, I didn't want you to do it in the first place, but I admired you for wanting to. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was. So interesting because, I mean, he's been so overwhelmed this entire time. And Tom is one of those people. He's never had to focus a great deal on his own emotions because he's always been hiding behind masks of other people. So he's Mm -hmm. great at reading emotions and faking emotions, but actually focusing in on his own and working through those, I imagine, takes a little more time for him than it would the average healthy, you know, emotionally healthy human being. It just He probably works a little bit slower through those. And I think that the fear and the anxiety of worrying that Liz was going to hurt herself in this so overwhelmed him the entire episode that he he did not have it within himself to take a step back like he did at the end once he realized, or at least he thought, Liz was out of danger. Once that happened, he took a step back and was able to go, you know what, I actually really admire you for having that good heart, for wanting to help this man. And, you know, I don't, I may not understand it necessarily, but I do admire you for wanting to do that. And I think that he really, I think there are a lot of times that he's very much in awe of Liz. And, and she's, you know, and we talk about Liz being a, a great character and I don't, I, I'm not swaying from that at all. But looking from Tom's point of view, I think she is very much a light for him. You know, because he comes from it from a much darker, you know, starting point than she does. And so I think for him, from his point of view, she's very much a light for him.
0: Yes. I, I do I do agree in general there. I am not sure that where Liz is coming from is less dark. I, I think that we are still to see that the Night of the Fire and, and Liz's first years were actually uh, had some pretty dark elements. and And I'm not sure that there was... A lot more horror in there that we have yet learned.
1: I, I think that's probably true. Yes, I, I will definitely agree with you on there. With Sam being able to balance some of that out, I think it gave her a chance yes. at a little bit more normalcy than Tom ever had. And so that's yeah. that's really what I mean. But otherwise, I completely agree with you on. Well, on I, I have the a little there.
0: clue there for people. I have that that little clue in there. Uh, that when in season one, Red has a very strange line when he first meet her. Is a child really what you want? But a baby won't fix what happened in the past. And I think that that is a, a curious way of going at this because people have a baby. She's, she also mentions her desire of having a baby uh, from as this, as um, I, I think she says something about having her desire of having a child is a desire to rewrite her past by having children of her own. And Red says having a child won't fix what happened in the past. So there seems to be something about that night of the fire and a baby, a child, and fixing what happened. That to me, it speaks that something else happened there that was far more horrible than we think it was. Yeah, and something that I'm involves a
1: inc- child. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. That, that's a good possibility.
0: So I, I don't know that that, that that is what really motivates Liz into being so focused on the past is that, that there is something deep inside her, not just finding out who your mother is and who your father is, because there are plenty of adopted children that you know really don't couldn't care less. I mean, they may be a little curious, but not to the point that Liz is. So something in that desperation of finding out who she is and what happened to her that speaks to me of whatever happened is far more than just, oh, she grabbed the gun and she shot her father. Okay, should we... Uh, the, is there anything the, else you want to talk about the about the Kings? I
1: think that pretty much covers it. Um, but
0: that... I think that also that makes us, like, we yeah. are already seeing, because this is the first mention of Scotty, and Tom having met Scotty, that we're, I think we're starting to see the direction it's going, don't you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that that they have set it up wonderfully for Liz to both inspire and encourage him to go, because I think when it, when the dust settles at the and and it also dep- a lot of it's going to depend on when the episodes for Redemption air, if they're going to be a bridge between 4A and 4B, or if they're going to run parallel along with 4B, and if 4B starts a little bit before Redemption, if it's running parallel and starts a little bit before Redemption, we could actually have those lead-in episodes be episodes 9 and 10 if that makes sense. Uh, so like the first episodes back actually be that door, you know, for, for uh, Tom to be on those episodes and then get put in. It just, all of that really does depend on when NBC decides.
0: The lead seems to be going not as not as a lot of people, uh, to people who don't like the character or the kings together were hoping that they were gonna break up, but in the sense of, well, I, I kind of had some answers about my, my uh, early life I encourage you to go and, and find yours. And plus, also, he's going to need something to do because either he's going to be willing to work with Red or he's going to be working with the FBI or he's going to have to go, what, be a school teacher? I think we pretty much said that, you know, those kind of characters don't have picket fences unless they come with, with uh, machine gun nests. <laughs> I like part, that. Though.
1: I like that. No, I agree. I mean, he's going to have to have something to do. And hey, you know what? College is expensive. They've got to start saving now. Go work for the private sector and build that nest egg for Agnes.
0: Unless, of course, uh, Liz will inherit because Kirk was stupid enough to put that in his will and he dies. <laughs> and then, you know, she might get Eventually, uh, Scotty will discover that Tom is her son and Agnes won't have to worry too much about college. She will have to worry about hiring the right bodyguards. But oh, I don't think
1: dad. so. I think her mom and dad'll teach her enough. She'll she'll be fine on her own.
0: <laughs> you think?
1: Well, she may be. The kid's gonna be a she... badass.
0: Yep, real bad one.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, I I do think that the way it's going to segue into redemption is that Liz will be the one to say, just as you said, you know, I found some things out. Now, now it's your turn. This is bigger than you're willing to accept, and I. You were basically, by choosing to go look at this, you you were not giving us up. And I think that's one thing that scares Tom, is that he feels like if he looks into his past, he may be threatening his future. That and, is an excellent point. And because of that, he's just like, nope, nope, I'm staying away from this. I don't care. You're all I need. You're all I need to be happy. You and Agnes, that's all I need. And so he's barreling forward, and I think it's going to take Liz to stop him and go, we're not going anywhere. Just because you want to look does not. We will support you in this, just as you've supported me in this, and I think that's I, going to send him along. And when he has that, that encouragement from her,
0: do you think that there might be some other um, things going on in 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 uh, making uh, him understand that he may need to go there, as for example. We have seen how dangerous it has been for Liz not knowing about her past. So maybe they're beginning to think, you know what, maybe ignorance or not looking into things will not protect you. And it's not as simple as saying, not for people like them, that you can just look to the future. Like the past will come to haunt you because of the kind of people we are.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that he actually made a comment like that at their wedding when they were talking about it right before. He said, you know, I can't promise. And he was thinking Bud and all of that. He wasn't thinking Scotty Hargrave at that point. But he said, you know, I can't promise that my past won't come back tomorrow, the next day or 10 years from now.
0: Yeah. Even though it wasn't what he was thinking, it's the it's the kind of foreboding foreboding words that come back in the show. And we have seen how it happens, like with King not wanting, like Liz not wanting to spend time with the adopted baby that they were going to get to have. And then ends up like, hey, you didn't spend time with Agnes either. And- so you're getting those, those kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm saying this, but you know what? It came back that way. Yeah, it did. So, some something like that in in that thing
1: so we've touched a little bit on liz and kirk already uh within because liz kirk and and tom are all kind of intermixing in here Mm -hmm. like i said earlier you know when she chose to marry him and have a child with him it became his issue as well um something that was really interesting and a line that just really stood out to me and really made me smile as someone that loves character development. When she was talking to Kirk in the box and he says, but you picked Reddington. She goes, no, I picked myself. You said you were trying to protect Agnes from Reddington. And that's my decision to make and Tom's, but no one else's. And she, when she first got pregnant, she withheld the information from him for a while. He found out by accident, Tom did, um, and then she tried to push him out, push him out of the decision. And yes, when finally- Yes, to
0: the adoption agency without even consulting, telling them that Tom was on board, but he was away for work.
1: Exactly. And when she knew very clearly he was not okay with it. And so she kept trying to push him out of the decision. They, they made the decisions. I, I think the turning point in there was when she decided to keep Agnes and they started making decisions together. And they've had some some snags along the way. Tom deciding to to go after the feed uh, a few episodes ago. Liz, this last episode, choosing to to um, you know give blood and, they and go a
0: dangerous procedure, yeah. a potentially dangerous procedure to uh, save her father.
1: Yes, exactly. But but I loved that comment because, in it, it almost I hate to say this, it almost sounded a little bit like an afterthought. But it's like she was reminding herself and Tom. You know, because she's gone yes. to things for so long solo. I think
0: that's yeah. A well, lot of it, it was an afterthought. I thought it was an afterthought. Like, but she she caught it in time. You know, she no, did. And three but, episodes later.
1: But it goes it goes back to the pilot episode where she says that she raised herself. I think Liz has felt like she's on an island most of her life. She feels like she has to tackle every problem by herself.
0: That is a very good point.
1: And I think that's a lot of the issue there uh, w- with the way she she pushes people out. I mean, whether it's her partners at work, whether it's Tom at home, whether it's Red, whether it's, you know. She, she does that because that's something that's very well instilled in her. And I'm not sure it's something she's ever going to really be able to shake well. But the fact that she caught herself there is huge for her.
0: Mm-hmm. It is. I also think that you just made a very, very interesting point of departure uh, for something that being fluttering in my consciousness, in the periphery of my consciousness, as to uh, Liz having that sense of responsibility that she has to do it for herself, she has to find things out for herself, she has to, uh, as Red tells her, as Tom tells her, um, that 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 may have sprung very early from that night of the fire. That I think that Liz in that night of the fire had some sort of taking responsibility far above what she was expected to. And it may be very well that she was the one who saved everybody.
1: I'm hoping that at least in four B, I don't think we'll get it all the way at in, in the end of four A with only one episode left. But I hope in four B we get a lot more about that fire. I really think we will. Um, so here's a question for you: Why do you think that that Liz felt the need to tell Kirk? I mean, because she could. The man was dying. He was about to die. His immediate reaction was, "Well, we're just not a match." And she went out of her way to go, it's not that we're just not a match, it's that I'm not your daughter. That was a truth that she could have let the man die thinking he had family that had tried to save him and that loved him. And yet she went, and and it wasn't malicious. It didn't sound malicious. And the writer certainly could have put it somewhere else. So it it seems very intentional that that they chose to have her say that there.
0: Yes, I've been thinking about that a lot. I have, I have very a lot of of, of, of this theory starters. Um, I think that in a way Liz was in a shock. That the way I read it, that she was in a shock because think about it. For now, for all, everything that she knows is that uh, Rostov thought her to be his daughter, and. For a while, Rostov thought that Red was the father. So, if Rostov is not the father, is she coping or starting to think that maybe Red is her father,
1: and that he's been everything? lying to her this whole time?
0: Yeah, and at this point, I don't think that she would be so fast and loose with, with trying to say, "Oh, well, you're being you know putting yourself above me," because uh, he tells her, "You were safe because he thought you were your his daughter." So Liz telling him, I think in that moment, I I don't see, I think a lot of people are saying, oh, she's starting to play. I don't think so. I think Liz was in a total, thorough shock, and she had to go and see him because Tom is not at that point going into, well, you know what, let me kill him. She just learned this. And she is, the first reaction is not to go talk with Tom. Is not go tell Tom, or well, maybe she did, but we don't see it. But we see her in shock, looking out the window, not wanting to face him and saying, I'm not a donor. We're not, I, I, I try.
1: There was an interesting comment she made when she and Tom were sitting there waiting on the blood results. When she got up, when the doctor walked in, she goes, how did I do? Like, it was all on her. And if if she wasn't a match, somehow it was her fault she didn't try hard enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that sense of responsibility that she has. It's all about her. It's all she has to do. Um, I I thought I that that was Liz in shock. And, I, you know, my husband is, is, like, screaming at the TV, somebody tell that woman to stop me doing, like, blabbing when she shouldn't. Um. And I think that that you know I was like I'm totally with you. Yes, she shouldn't be blabbing. She should have kept her mouth shut. Because that what what people fail to see is that, that when you know things and you don't say things that you know you're in a position of power. You know that's what you know, and that that's what wrestler gave up the moment he kept telling um, Hitchens that he knows he killed uh, Wright. And it's
1: also told, the place that Red's trying to put Tom in with scotty
0: yes it's the position of power you know things don't say anything uh, and and that is a, something that doesn't come naturally to Liz.
1: and i wonder if that goes back to the fact that she needs the truth so much for herself that that sometimes it just kind of bubbles out of her
0: yes and and she's impulsive she jumps to conclusions, and I don't think that in those kind of situations she stops and thinks. She's not a chess player. Mm-hmm. She does not share that with, with uh, if, if Red happens to be his her biological father, I don't think that she shares that at all with him. No. She's not a chess player. She's in, impulsive, emotional, and, 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 a, and she has this deep need to connect. And I think that at that point she was just sharing this shock with the man who could best understand the shock.
1: I agree. It was so interesting was Kirk's reaction. And I do think to a degree, it was the panic of this was not something I saw coming. Cause he was so convinced oh. that Liz was, was his daughter. Oh. The, that denial where he just starts freaking out in you know full force so that they had to walk in there and restrain him a man that's dying you know walk in there and restrain him because he is at least saying and i think he really is convinced at that point that red doctored it that red is trying to keep her from saving him and his paranoia is just through the roof on that And the funny thing is when Liz called Red, like she, she accused him of it, but something about the way she said it, it, she's accused him of so many things over the last three and a half seasons, something in it almost rang to say, I'm asking you about this because it's possible because you're Raymond Reddington and you've done things that I've wanted to, you know, slap you for before, but I don't think she believed that he did. I don't think. I that think Liz that
0: only- that is the last option that she's she's letting go because I don't, I think that there is entirely possible that there is a third man who's a father. I also think it's entirely possible that Red never wanted to know if he yeah. is the biological father, but for certain, for Liz, from Liz's perspective, it's either Red or Rostov. So it's not Rostov. Guess what? It's Red.
1: And so, but I I will be very fascinated, especially with the, uh, both the NBC promo and the global promo looking at, at,
0: uh, you'll save me one way or another.
1: Yeah. And and so, I mean, obviously if she's not his biological daughter, she can't save him. And so I'm wondering. Oh,
0: yes, she can. I I, see. I see. That there is, that's when I started to think that there is something else going on here. Because remember the words that, that Rostov says to her or Kirk says to her in, in the box?
1: You've already helped me more than you know.
0: Yes. And then he continues, and then from the promo, he's saying, you, You're going to help me uh, one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you, t- if you put that on top of the fact that Rostov did not have to discuss with Odette the the circumstances of his retrieval from the hospital, which is a Navy hospital and the heavy guard. That means to me that he has a contingency plan. If she is really my daughter, and you tell me that in all this time he didn't really look and made a little DNA test with blood cells to see whether um, Agnes was his descendant, Unless he can tell because Red is the father and Red and Rostov is, are cousins so it would be very difficult to tell a direct line from another direct line.
1: And that's what but, I was wondering is if, I mean, just with everything lining up the way it is, I'm wondering if he and, and Red are related somehow.
0: I think they are. I think they're cousins. Uh, and I, and I, to me, that that means that Rostov may have either known that she, Liz was not his daughter and he was just putting a phenomenal performance or B, uh, he had a contingency plan. If she's, the do- she's my daughter in a match, I'm, I'll use her um, I'll use her stem cells, and if not, then I will kidnap her and then force Red to come forward because I think red is. And I also even thought, you know usually they say that they, they, the men died, you know relatively young in life. But Kirk has lived 50 some years with it. So I wonder if he already knows that Red is a donor because maybe he already donated something. Of course, it wouldn't have been as good or something 30 or 40 years ago. But well, I, I I've
1: gotten don't the know. impression that the the blood transfusions have worked up until now, and that it hasn't. He hasn't needed a donation mm-hmm. up until now. I mean, if you're looking at it, medicine has has progressed so much from what his Leaves father would balance. have had and his grandfather, and you know. And so I'm sure they have other treatments now that they wouldn't have had for generations past in his family.
0: yeah, but but there is something about that and in, in the fact that um, I, I do wonder if if their cousins and Rhett didn't inherit it because it was it was Red's mother. so it's it, they made a point in telling us that the disease passes from father to sons. And we think, oh, it is because of Liz. Yes, but Liz would explain it. But it also will work for Red if they're cousins and his, Red's mother was uh, Kirk's father's sister.
1: Uh, cousins, half-brothers, anything along those lines.
0: Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, fascinating things.
1: Very much so. Um, so would you like to move into your, your parallels and themes?
0: <laughs> do we have everything covered? Um, I... Is there anything else you want to add in terms of... Um, of uh, of Liz and her need to know the past I,
1: I mean we've covered it in, in previous yeah. podcasts pretty well and then I, why
0: do you think Kirk was so convinced that red doctored it, it while the circumstances seem to indicate that he was fully prepared for it to be true
1: I honestly I saw it as
0: desperation as desperation
1: yes exactly uh, the the she was about to save him. I think Kirk wants her. I-, I think that there are multiple layers to this, that if she is his daughter, one, he has a living relative that cares about him. Th- that's huge. I mean, it really is. It- it's-, it's huge. And so there's the emotional connection there, that he wants her to eventually love him. Two, mm-hmm. if she is his daughter, he won. Even yes. if Red slept with Katarina, even if they had an affair, even if Katarina loved Red more, the child is Kirk's. And yes. he won. And so, like, I, I think that Very there's good. a deep emotional situation, but I also think that there is an ego situation there as well, because this man is a huge egotist.
0: Yes. And and very similar to Red in planning. I think Red has, you know, a better emotional and, and, and um, ethic, if you want. But they are very similar.
1: Yeah, they are. That's more and more. And I, I think you were the one that, that got me started on even contemplating. And I wasn't on board first off, but with Red and, and Kirk being related. And the more that it's starting to lay out, the more I think I'm going <laughs> to have to go, yep, Tessa was right, and add it to the list. Because <laughs> so, yeah, you have uh, quite a list going.
0: <laughs> I, I do, I do. It's, it, it is, I don't know, I just find it so interesting, um, all, all these things that we're seeing in terms of parallels. And I just love, people are complaining and complaining about the, the drop uh, uh, plot points and, and dangling ends and drop, you know, they call them drop uh, plots. I think that if you make the list of the things they have connected so far, it's pretty impressive.
1: Oh, it is. It's... And just patience, just a little bit of patience goes a long ways. They've tied things in lately. I mean, even just looking at the Samoran mirror. Mira, you know, parallel that we were yes. talking about earlier in the podcast that's something that ties back to season one we've had multiple things tie back to season one and I think I, I saw someone complaining about the, the symbol and everything and this is a, a little personal prediction of mine that the symbol on Tom's box which was also on Gina's box which also looks very much like the scar on Liz's palm I think that we're going to I mean because we'll get a lot more about Tom's past moving into redemption I think well the, the box came back up in season three so I do mm-hmm. believe that we're going to see it again in Redemption because it was connected to the, the uh, backdoor pilot it was when we saw the box again mm-hmm. It's going to come back up in Redemption and I'm wondering if it has to do with Tom's past versus having to do I, with Saint Regis yeah. because I have
0: I have a lot of thoughts of that and I have I think I've, I've made a few posts about that that that's mm-hmm. that's a sign connected to his childhood.
1: Yeah, and so because he's used it twice on his box and on that folder, so we know it doesn't mm-hmm. have to do with Red because there was incriminating evidence in that folder yes. against Red. Gina's box, which if they grew up as close as they would be, you know, then he might have given it to her.
0: Yeah, also if you notice, Tom's box is older. The symbol is is it's it's carved and burned into it. And genus is a badly made box that almost looked like the symbol was just painted on it. So I think that I have this thing in my head that maybe when he was taken, he was taken with a box of toys. Might have a little
1: and, toy box.
0: Yes. And that somehow he is going to see a picture or something when he starts working for Scotty that is going to confirm that, Yes, this is the truth, and that. So we're gonna start seeing. That might be how they connect. That that eventually, Scotty, um, if she doesn't know, I think she does. Um, that they're one and the same. But there is something in there that I don't think goes to anybody but Tom's. And it's if you if you really study the boxes, Gina is like a it's what what a. Fifteen-year-old boy or eighteen-year-old boy will will carve for for a girlfriend, you know, kind of like you know we're together. Maybe as they go into separate um, missions for the first time, where they're going to be apart, and he you know gives her something.
1: Yeah, yeah. I it's agree. an
0: attempt of connecting with Gina. Yeah,
1: in in their own little spycraft sort of way. Yeah.
0: Well, it's best they can they're not in that probably neither one of them were in great circumstances gina either
1: right right I the major
0: wasn't picking up great like hey kids with great families with wonderful background. no he was picking up kids that fit his profile and had nobody to care for them
1: Well, yeah. but I, I do i do think that moving forward we'll get more information on that and if my theory of the hargraves and the Bristoves mm-hmm. and reddington knowing each other when masha and christopher kids if that pans out that could make sense why it it looks like liz's scar you know oh. and, and why those are all connected is if they had a a team of sort, a group, you know, some sort of mm-hmm. task force of their own for whichever government they were working for at the time, whether it was the cabal, whether it was the American government, the Russian government, whoever they were working for, if they had a little team of their own, the previous generation, it could have been something connected to that.
0: And Imagine if that box is the box where the, where the part of the fulcrum was uh, originally put in. And 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 who had it was was the Hargrave, and he stored it in, in ah uh, in the in the presidential thing. But he never told Scotty, so Scotty couldn't retrieve it. And Red went and retrieve it because he's been uh, he hasn't been apparently in a room for four years. So there is there's a lot of things that could that could be with that, or it could just simply be because I made a little thing, um I tied something in my wrist. As if I were being tied somewhere, and if that uh, material of being tied were to be on flames, it would leave a scar just like Liz. I don't know if you saw my post, but if you haven't, go look at it. It's pretty bare to what that scar of Liz. So maybe that, that was just a red herring.
1: And I think we'll get more information on that because I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's too similar to, to not be linked, I think. But okay, so do you want to move into the, the parallels and themes? Yeah,
0: well, they ha- there was a sailboat that Dembe finds in a magazine, which is funny because Red couldn't spot it. Makes me wonder if, if Red not being able to spot the boat in particular means that Red is either... Uh, Mourning for Kate, or out of his game because of what happened to Kate, or because of this is happening with Kirk, or, or, or he's he's off kilter for something. But I thought it was an interesting thing for Red not to be able to spot. And of course, Adrian Shaw is working in a ship. There is uh, there is lots of things that we got Russian because now we got all of Rostov men and Odette are calling are talking Russian. And uh, in the previous episode, we had Liz speaking Russian, which we didn't even know she could do even a few words. And I, I
1: think her Russian has been coming back to her. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least on a four-year-old's should... level. On, yeah. on a four-year-old's level. It's not like she was, you know, dictating a full speech or anything. She was mm-hmm. she was saying, please, father, in Russian. Um mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's it, with pet names and that sort of thing. It's not like she's gone into a full dialogue with him in, yeah. in Russian. I agree, the, I agree. A four-year-old's vocabulary, yes.
0: Um, I, 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 we saw a little, did you notice? And I knew it as soon as the, the bus accident arrived, I knew that those were Rostov men. You know how I knew it? They were wearing plaid. <laughs> they were wearing plaid shirts. Of course so they I were. <laughs> I knew that they weren't what they look like. And I thought, okay, so this is this is how Rostov is getting out of that hospital.
1: I did not catch that. I feel like I have failed there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Now whenever I see a platter is like, oh my God, there's something, somebody's lying. And then I'm like, oh no, it's not the blacklist. <laughs> It's getting me a little weird about plaid, and I love plaid. It's bad, Um, because
1: the the roomie is obsessed with plaid. She loves plaid and wears it all the time, and I'm like, stop.
0: (laughs) Why are you hiding? (laughs) Tell me the truth. You're not who you say you are. (laughs) Is your father a spy? (laughs) Oh, that Um, would be interesting. (laughs) It's funny because we're getting a lot of indication of Trojan horses in here, which I'm finding fascinating. Uh, we got Red getting into the cabal as a Trojan horse by using Peter's misfortune in in uh, in, in forging ahead with a plan and implicating Liz. Uh, we're seeing uh, now um, the Trojan horse of the bus accident. Um, the Trojan. I think that that all this of Kirk getting caught is a Trojan horse as well to get in there, at least as a Trojan horse with with uh, Aram. It's very interesting. It's Starting to look like there's another theme appearing there. Yeah. Yeah. A- and we also see Rostov um, in front of the window making the sign of the cross, and funnily enough, we see the window reflecting it. So we got another mirror thing. And in the previous episode that I, I I couldn't analyze, there were so many things. We see Elise reflected in the mirror as she finds out that a Ram, um found her computer.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, there was quite a bit, obviously it's been a running theme, you know, since the pilot, uh, family uh, in this one. And something interesting that I noted was it really felt like this idea of, And while Liz and Tom, it's been past versus future, it's also this idea of which part of your family are you going to put first? Are you going to put your husband and child first that you fought? At the beginning of the episode, she told Red, when Red said, I've got a new blacklister for you, she said, I just got my baby back, my husband, my life. It can wait. And so she, when Red puts something in front of her, she's, Her first instinct is, no, no, let me choose my family just for a little while. Let me, you know, bask in the fact that my family's together, we're safe, we're okay. Because she thinks with Kirk in custody that everything's fine. But as soon as it comes around and Kirk collapses and he goes into the hospital, suddenly with these answers that she wants potentially moving (laughs) out of her grasp, she's, she's not with her child. She's not with her, you know, her her husband's coming and begging her not to put her own, you know, life in danger by by choosing to help Kirk. She's continuously, time and time again, choosing this family she doesn't know, this complete stranger, as Tom put it, above the family she's fought so hard to put back together. It's it's just an interesting thought. And when she was talking to Tom on the phone and says, you know, if you were to find your father after all these years... Could you just walk away? And he said, absolutely. And she said, well, I don't don't believe that for a second. And he tells her that he did with his mother. And we see that that parallel between them of, once again, it's past versus future. And, you know, which family they're putting above. You know, Tom's focus is on Liz and Agnes. While Liz is, I don't think it's that she's particularly not choosing them. But her her choice is split, where he's focused on just his wife and child, Mm -hmm. and that is the foremost. Liz's loyalties are split right now.
0: Let me ask you a question. Do you think that, that Tom might be a little afraid of what he might find in his future, that they actually didn't love him, and that's why they threw him out?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that that's something that he has believed his entire life, and he's, like I said earlier, I think he's probably worn it almost as an armor. Like, I don't need this. I do not need a family. I do not need love. And I think that's how he got to where he was, you know, before he met Liz, was that he pushed back so hard on these things that that human beings Really need at our core that this want of acceptance of family of being feeling love and giving love. He pushed all of that out and built so many walls against that because he felt abandoned. And mm-hmm. absolutely, I think that that would be a fear for him. That if he were to track this down, what are they all want, the things he they would won't find? love him? Yeah, and, 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 they
0: won't love him even even now. They won't love him.
1: And what if? Because she came to him saying, My perfect little baby boy, he knows he's not perfect. He knows that he is anything but innocent. What if she found out who he is and goes, Oh my gosh, my child did die 28 years ago because you're not him? And what if it's just another round of, of getting tossed out?
0: I don't like Samar saying to the brother, My brother died. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Uh, Yes. Whether he would consciously be able to equate that with his fears or not, I don't know. But I do think that that would certainly be an underlying fear with Tom, especially as he pushes forward. And the more he gets into it, I think that would something like that might come to the surface.
0: And what do you make then of Liz saying, you know, I would never let, you know, walking in the park with my husband and my little girl and I would never let go. You think that part of what's going on to, with Liz is that she needs to desperately know why her mother or whoever let go of her hand, let go of her hand? Yes. I do think she
1: needs that. She and And I honestly, I did not disbelieve Liz when she said, I need to do this. And Tom said, you don't need to, you want to. And I actually disagree with him on that. I think she feels 100% that she had to do this. That she, it would have affected her happiness. And because he doesn't understand where she's coming from, he can't wrap his mind around that. Which is not necessarily wrong, it's just the reason it's happening. And, but I do think that Liz feels in her, in her bones that she has, had to do this. That this man, she believed was her father. Ergo she had, did she it in? just as you just said, she has to find out why Katerina let go. Because if this woman loved her, we've seen time and time again, that she has this this idolized version of her mother in her head. She was a prima ballerina who left to dance across the world and was going to come back and and save her and take Mm -hmm. her with her. She's got this dream version of her mother and then you've got Tom's, like, yeah, my mom abandoned me.
0: <laughs> you know, I was. I wonder if if, uh, if Liz's mother also abandoned her, like in the fire. I kept me wondering that. Is it possible that Katarina in the fire chose to go with Liz with with Kirk or save Kirk instead of her?
1: I hope not. I really hope not because I, I just I need. For Liz's mother to have loved her Whether she's alive or not And I do I do think she's alive But I
0: desperately Oh I don't think that she loved But you know the, we're not talking about not loving Just talking about loving Kirk more hmm.
1: I just I, I would have a very difficult time Understanding that I mean I am not a mother myself But you know I mean even just The children that are in my life And around me I would choose them over another adult any day. I mean, if that was the choice, if I, if that was the Hobson's choice, so I, I cannot imagine a mother whose child is in danger, who, who loves that child, being willing to do that. I, I can personally, I cannot fathom that, and so th- there may be a scenario I have just not contemplated yet, and that's always possible.
0: Because now we know that for sure, the father who took her is read we know that the father uh, who so who's the man that she loved because now the more we see this thing about uh, katerina thinking that liz was rostov's daughter doesn't add up anymore that means that part of that of that diary maybe be real but may have been a plan by katerina
1: maybe in, in something that katerina wrote and i i imagine that the DNA test was Katerina's doing.
0: I agree too. It was one of those contingency plans.
1: But so I, think that, this... I think that the the holding on and, and letting go of the hand that we were talking about, that Liz is so focused, she needs to know so badly why her hand was let go, that she's almost risking at this point letting her daughter's hand go, if that makes sense. She's standing between them. Yes. In, in a sort of way, with Agnes on one side. And, I mean, it's not like Tom's going to just... And her need
0: for answers. Yeah, and her...
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you've got the ghost of Katerina and the very real Agnes. And Liz is in the middle. And she's so desperate for these answers that I... And I don't think she's choosing to move away from Agnes. And I'm hoping she'll kind of come to this conclusion before anything drastic happens. But I, I do think that there's a little bit of that. The, I mean because she was putting she wasn't home she wasn't with her daughter and these are very
0: she important didn't times. She, she didn't she wasn't with her daughter at a crucial time in her development because Agnes was taken away because first she chose to fake her suicide not knowing if Agnes was if she was gonna be away from Agnes um you know for a month or two or three or until Whatever until it happened, until it was safe for Tom to return, and she chose that over over the reality of Agnes. She chose again um, the the staying with with uh, with with Kirk over Agnes. Oh, in to, you know, to in be fair, life.
1: to yeah. be fair, when she chose to to run away to Cuba. I think that was a temporary setup, you know, and she was, I mean, because when when Tom, when she was wanting to run away with Tom at the end of season two, he said, if you come with me, you're not going to find the answers you're looking for. And I think the end of season three was her basically going, I'm done. I'm choosing my family over the answers because we're going to run away. There's, there's not going to be any looking. I'm not going to be asking Red for answers because Red's going to think I'm dead. I think in her way, she was choosing that and then everything went to hell of
0: course do you, you think that she was choosing that or she was thinking i got nobody else to ask for because whatever red is going to tell me is going to tell me if she wanted if he wanted to tell me more he would have so i i got nothing else to ask for so i'm just going to try to do the future
1: i think that liz always thinks there's a possibility she can convince red to to give her something there, you know, to give her more information and more answers. I think that she, whether it's true or not, I think that she wants to believe that and she wants to trust him on that. That eventually she, you know, this will happen. And, Mm. you know, whether that's, you know, an accurate hope or not on her end. (laughs) But I I do think that when she went to Cuba, that was her choosing her family. And then when Kirk stole them away and she fought tooth and nail it was kirk that separated she and agnes both of her both of agnes's parents fought tooth and nail to get to her they were just pulled away so that wasn't liz choosing kirk over agnes and it the, the first point that i really see that you know i to a degree you see it a little bit when she's worried about setting kirk up which i don't I mean, th- that's a very heavy decision. I-, I don't blame her for that. And in the end, she-, she chose, she looked at Tom and said, this is our daughter. And she made that call. She chose Agnes again. But now that she's got her back, it's almost like, okay, we fought. Yay, she's here. She's safe. I'm going to go deal with this now. And Tom's going, wait, come back. <laughs> you know, it's-, it's season one again. Wait, come back. <laughs> Here's the reality over here. You're chasing the excitement. You're chasing the answers while the present is right here with your daughter in this crib, waiting for you to come home. And... I don't know. I'm not judging Liz on that necessarily, but I, I do have this very stark picture in my mind of her standing there with Katarina on one side and Agnes on the other, and having to make that choice. The answers and her future.
0: I wonder if Katerina had the same choice.
1: Yeah, we have no idea. Well, I mean, we we know Dom. We've met Dom. And I do hope, what would be amazing would be for for Red to introduce Liz to Dom. I think that that would be a step in the right direction of giving her someone someone not psychotic in her life that could give her answers.
0: Well, I think that that is the point. Why haven't he? Because once he, once she was outed as Katerina Rostova, there was for for Redna to say, okay, well, go meet your grandfather. I'm sure that well, that Dom can hold his tongue about the things that he's not supposed to, unless he can. It's that she will see something or hear something or. Or it will trigger some memories that he doesn't want to, because I always thought that the blowing up of the house had nothing to do with something horrible happening in there, but not wanting Liz to go there.
1: Yes, I agree, because that doesn't really mesh well with Red. Why would he just not go back, you know?
0: Yeah, so why didn't he go to to? Uh, but I I would I would love to see that reunion. And talking about about the last um, parallel that I have, you mentioned Tom telling her that the that Liz wants to do something wants to uh, to do she doesn't have to and there is a difference. And that is the exact same phrase used by Red when he says that she wants to know there is a difference. And Tom tells her exactly the same thing. So it's funny how they keep making this now far more subtle references to uh, Parallels Between Tom and Red.
1: Well, I mean, I think these are the two men closest to her at this point. And, you know, I mean, these are the men that that know that, know that it's just not even worth fighting her sometimes, you know, when she gets into that rut that she does of, I want to do this she can ask all day long what their opinions are, but she's gonna choose her own, regardless. Basically, when Liz asked him, wanted to talk to Tom about all of that, she wanted him to to go, it's okay, honey, go do this.
0: Very, very interesting. By the way, did you notice that the way Kirk um, did the sign of the cross is the way of the Russian Orthodox, different from the, it went from, left from right to left instead of left to right, which the way Catholics do it.
1: Oh, interesting. No, no, I was not aware of that.
0: Well, you're a Christian. I am, I am. I was raised
1: Baptist, though, so that's a bit outside my purview.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, uh, Catholics uh, and and, uh, most of Christians do it in in one way, and the uh, Eastern religions do it the other way, going on the other shoulder. That's really interesting. there you go, and you're introducti- introducing again the Russian Orthodox, which makes sense. Uh, most of Russia was Russian Orthodox. There was there was a small hole of, of Catholicism, but very little.
1: All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up then, doesn't
0: it? It does. Do you want to go into our um, – let's go very quickly into the questions of the week.
1: Right. Okay. So the question was uh, – the question of the week was, why do you think Liz is so hell-bent on finding out about the past while Tom is equally motivated to look to the future only?
0: Okay, I got it here. Um, well, Go girl 1239 says, I think Liz is forever stuck in her past because of the half memory she has, not knowing what, which one is real or not. I think it's a very valid point.
1: And then, uh, Cindy over on Facebook said, I think Liz is intrigued by what she has, uh, what she's learned about herself. I mean, how can, how many young women have a past they can't remember? Half, uh, the criminal world is after her. Liz has too many gaps in her life that she wants answers to. Tom, on the other hand, uh, because he has led such a criminal life doesn't care about his past, only the present and future. Tom isn't emotionally attached to the past like Liz is. Even though Sam was not her real dad, she did have someone who loved her and gave a small semblance of a family life. Tom did not have that, uh, which I think made him a little bitter. Under uh, Until Liz came along, I don't think Tom really knew what love felt like.
0: I agree with Valid pieces of that. You? I, I yeah. agree with pieces. Yeah, with pieces. Um, Christmas 23 said, I really do think it has everything to do with their past and what they've been conditioned to think about it. This we know is a fearless woman. She's strong, she's determined, and if she has an inkling that her past will be revealed that her parents didn't abandon her, that circumstances put all of this in motion for her protection, she's going to want to know what the real deal was. She was raised in a safe environment. Sure, she feels like she raised herself. She had a delinquent path and wasn't e- easy because she didn't still know who she really was, but she was safe and loved enough for her to trust that, that there is out there for her is worth knowing. I know I, it's how she's built. She wants to know the truth. Tom, on the other hand, was not raised in a safe environment. He felt abandoned. As far as he knew, up until some weeks ago, he was abandoned. He was in the system until he was a teenager, picked in by a man who would use him to no end, until he decided he needed to die. His only father figure tried to kill him more than once for disobeying him. He was compared to a dog and about to be put down. What he knows is not pretty. Even the chance of learning something else is not appealing, because it is scary. The same way it was built to be determined and believe that they could be anything more to her past, Tom was built to try and forget because everything before then was awful. Why should he trust that learning anything would lead to any good? Why would he risk it?
1: Yeah, I I tend to agree with that. So I do do think that the past has shown Tom very little, <laughs> very little hope. And so that's why mm-hmm. he, he focuses on the future is because once he found Liz, he found, found hope. And he doesn't see any reason to risk that.
0: And even that, that may, um, and he doesn't know what, what Liz passed. I mean, imagine if Liz passed, get something that takes him away from, from him.
1: Oh yeah. I think that does scare him,
0: you know? Because I mean, had it had Liz... Realize, oh, Rostov is my father, and he loves me, and I'm gonna go with him. Uh, you think Tom will be like, oh, great, let's go to Grandpa Rostov. Yeah, you know. So maybe, well. maybe you tried to give me a poison drink today. Uh, uh, what is that next for me? You know, one of those seats that goes into a shark tank. You know, a la James Bond.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that would be is as tense as the relationship between red and tom is i do not think that the uh the father-in-law son-in-law the in-law relationship between kirk and tom would be any better and would likely be worse
0: yes because i think that that tom and red had reached a stasis they they are they're in a good as good as it gets a point where they can work with one another and respect certain things about the other And at least know that when it comes to Agnes, they are both loving her. But Rostov's intentions are obviously not towards Agnes' well-being, which makes perfect sense if we then find out that he had known all along that Liz wasn't his daughter.
1: Okay, well, this concludes our seventh episode of Keen Minds. And next week, we will be going into the fall finale and so it's bound to be a really exciting episode. Um, until then, feel free to leave us any sort of feedback you'd like on social media. We are obviously on YouTube, iTunes, and uh, SoundCloud. So leave us a message. Let us know what you like, what you dislike, and if you'd like to see any hear anything else. And until next week,
0: we can't wait for the next episode. And I have a feeling we're we're gonna have a cliffhanger.
1: Oh, probably. It's... <laughs>
0: he's not making me happy but I have a feeling that we might see more more uh, Kirk in the future
1: oh well, you never know if he survives
0: it's the blacklist nothing is known in the blacklist until next week then
1: all right bye-bye
0: bye